0: Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi weekly public relations podcast and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter and me, Courtney Fogel. Grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about anxiety. So we have our moderator, Adrienne Wallace and we're gonna do this kind of Oprah style and just talk about (laughs) real feelings, real problems because we're all having them. It's that time of the semester, so let's just jump into it. I
1: have some students here with me if you want to introduce yourselves.
2: Hello, Trevor Bryan, President of PRSSA.
1: Hello, Morgan Schaefer, VP of Member Services at PRSSA.
3: Hello, guys, so I am CEO of Grand PR, Sabrina Antcliffe. Moderator.
4: Um, all right so I just think that um, in the last several years I've noticed that this cer- certain time of year after holidays before the next holiday finals time people are graduating um, it becomes really evident that people are not in a good space and so um, as a professor I don't necessarily find myself qualified to be like a therapist or maybe a social worker right but i should be able to have um, the ability to refer you or just listen if that's what's needed and so i just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about what you feel like you need from um, people in your life that see you pretty regularly but aren't maybe your family and so part of that to me is how can we best help you and what do you need and why do we all feel this way? Because we all feel this way. It's not just students or it's not just people that are graduating or, or any of that. So I did some research because, you know, I'm <laughs> an academic. And since the 1930s, every year, like exponentially, anxiety has grown. Now, part of that, of course, is like, uh, we diagnose things earlier, or we have better um, symptom trackers to understand what um, is happening with people but we didn't really start medicating people for this until like the 1990s mm. so how does that all sort of come into play do you feel like pressure to be a certain way like i just want to open up a conversation about how come we feel the way we feel
2: i feel like it's at this stage of the game at least personally in my life it's at such a i'm in such a, like this like state of like flux and like not uh, like steady regularity and like For me, everything's so month-to-month as far as stability-wise goes, just about like getting grades, being able to financially support myself, um, you know, relationships change, stuff like that. Um, So I've just been, at least for me, since the beginning of this semester, since like the month before the semester started, I've probably been the most anxious, the most stressed, the most like hypertense that I think I've ever been, just because it's, like, my senior year. I'm wrapping things up. And if I don't wrap it up now, and if I don't, you know, do really great and get the things I need to do now, like, can I ever get it done? Will I ever be able to, like, all these questions. So it's a lot of, like, internal toxic dialogue mm-hmm. that happens. That that definitely would – that's my experience that I would share. What about you guys?
1: Yeah, for me, especially what you said about, like, the 1990s when they started diagnosing people for anxiety, I think that's, like – not at all surprising because a lot of people still don't fully recognize anxiety as like something that's real Mm -hmm. um because i've started to realize i was having anxiety in high school when i was trying to figure out where i wanted to go to school and what i wanted to do and like you have to have all these things to be able to put in a college essay so that you can actually get in and you have to study for all these tests and I was literally picking my eyebrows out because I was stressed out and I was telling my parents, I was like, I, there's something wrong. And they were like, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. You just like have a ton of responsibilities right now. And like, you just have to find a way to juggle it. And I think it's for like four years, I was just telling myself like juggle it and just handle it. And that was like making my anxiety even worse. Mm -hmm. And so now, like in the past year I've like fully recognized, like I have anxiety and I know that, and this is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And like, I know that when I take on more things like I understand what's gonna happen and like everything all those questions that like Trevor mentioned he's like having all these questions I literally just write them all down because they're just floating in my head otherwise and it just drives me nuts mm-hmm.
0: something I think it, that's important to note is validation of your anxiety because a lot of times I don't know some people just say oh well everybody has that or everybody feels that way or blah 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 blah, blah. and then it makes you feel like your thoughts don't matter your feelings don't matter or it kind of like puts you down in this pit and so one thing i think adrian that you do well as an advisor is kind of you're that like that listening ear and you do validate those feelings and you're like it's okay to not be okay but Mm -hmm. like let's get your shit together Mm -hmm. and move forward and this is what you can do to do this and this is how you can do this just like a, a like a validation but then also an encouragement to move on
3: yeah and i think to bounce off of all of that like I and I think a lot of people in maybe our field are definitely like in our positions um, coming up to this season of graduating and decision making and all of that um, beyond right now I feel like always I have been really hard on myself and am a perfectionist and so I think a lot of the time being told like hey I believe in you and I think you can do this also like just turn the assignment mm-hmm. in, like you're mm-hmm. okay if it's not a hundred percent if mm-hmm. it's not an A because I think a lot of time I hold myself back because I'm afraid of like having less than or disappointing my professor mm-hmm. or uh, whoever um, and so I think like like identifying the fact that one you have this internal dialogue that you need to work out but also like that y- your internal dialogue isn't always right and it, mm-hmm. that's like it's valid that those thoughts exist but also like it's okay that that maybe it's not true or that you need to like work that out of yourself mm-hmm. Right. so when you're thinking about
4: how to create solutions sort of from this like really muddy pool that you end up getting yourself into because it's not like one thing, right? It's usually like a whole, like you were saying, they're just swimming around in my head and this is happening. It's not ever just all one thing. I mean, that's not causing, you know, you to have negative feelings about um, planning or your future or any of these other like that kind of stress related Mm -hmm. stuff. So what do you do then? to I think the first time I ever heard these words used together, it was in a in a therapist's office, which was cope. she was like, girl, you got to get coping skills. And I said, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Like, do I already do that? Is there like a thesaurus of them? Do I, like is there mm-hmm. like is there some kind of place I can go to find these? Like, what are we talking about here? And um, essentially how she explained this to me was we just talked about self-awareness. So when you, when you know yourself and how mm-hmm. what leads up to these things or what causes you to have um, more anxiety than the usual, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of will lead to like the spiral. How do you turn the volume down on that? Or how do you um, negate some of those thoughts by putting plans into place or some other type of replacement um, activity that doesn't include... Going out and getting bombed or high or whatever because that sets you back too, and then mm-hmm. once you recover yeah. from that, you end up more anxious because right. yeah. you didn't spend that time, you mm-hmm. know, doing that. So like, what do you guys do, or how do you facilitate that for yourselves, or what do your friends do, or what have you heard?
3: Yeah, I can start off with this. On the way home from a tour, I had a couple girls in the car, and they and I get this question all the time, being like, "How do you do all the mm-hmm. things you do?" And like, I. You know like this person was saying like i am like anxious doing the things that i'm in or the positions that i'm in so like how do you how are you able to do all these things to make it look so easy so well i told them and what i'll reiterate here is just like for me having a clean space and not letting that go to like an extreme where that's mm-hmm. a problem too oh, yeah. but like I know for me, if my laundry is put away and my room is put together, then I don't need to spend more time on things like picking out an outfit for the mm-hmm. day. So um, having like a clean space for me is something that feels like it's a check off the to-do list, but it also like kind of puts the safe place back in place where, um, where if everything's in order kind of at home at least, then... Um, Then I feel like prepared or ready to do things Mm -hmm. also naturally for me cleaning like gives me energy and and kind of like fills me back up Also having a like core group of people from different assets of life So like being involved at school is really good being involved Maybe you have maybe someone from your core group is still from home Maybe someone from your core group is from a different activity that you're involved in but having people that you can lean on to fill you up to I think also is really important for me so having like a couple of people that I can dive deep into conversations with about boys about school about the future about where I'm gonna live like all of those questions and unknowns and uncertainties maybe they don't have all the answers but if we can have a conversation and I know those if I can identify those people then that is something that really relieves like a lot of anxiety I think for me
2: yeah for I think that's a that's a really good answer. Um, I definitely have uh, a very different experience to that, but that's just one. I don't really like cleaning, so I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> um, that's never been me, and I, I will never be that person. I uh, hope my mom's listening. Um, but anyways, uh, for me, the things that make me the most anxious are things that I, that I, I feel as if I can't write out a plan mm. to mm-hmm. solve. The things that make me the most anxious are the things that I, no matter what I do or what I say or how I present myself, X, Y, Z, all these, all whatever, I, all these things I do. No matter what you do, there are some things you can't change, mm-hmm. and there's some things that you can't improve or whatever. And that's what like, like keeps me up at night. Like for example, like my finances and staying stable is something that sure you could say, Trevor, you have so much control over that. You work, okay, true. I don't really have control over my car. I don't have control over, you know, Mm -hmm. weather circumstances that I need to pay. There's a lot of things in financial stability that you don't have a lot of Mm -hmm. control over. So, like, that's probably, like, right up there in, like, my number ones of, like, stressors. So, I, there's not really, I can't, like, write an investment plan, Mm -hmm. you know, for me to solve that. So, what I do is, since no matter what I do, I can't really change it. I just try to not necessarily avoid it, but fill my mind with, Thoughts, things, and ideas that are good for me and that um, distract me from this thing I can't control. Like, um, and that—that's just with like internal dialogue. When I find myself like asking, "How are you going to pay for this? How are you going to get food?" Blah, blah blah. I just start asking myself other stuff, and I'll like ask myself, "What do you think is going to happen to Sabrina on the on Netflix?" And I'll like be in imagination station for like twenty minutes. And then it's like, oh, okay.
3: The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm constantly on your mind.
5: Oh, Oh, Sabrina. (laughs) No. Oh, um, that's a whole different podcast. Oh my god, (laughs) it's screaming. That's so funny.
2: Um, but and I also feel like developing like a plan that's very unique to you is very essential Mm -hmm. like I get I get as I feel like this group could definitely agree with is I get stimulated and I get energetic when there's more people around me in like smaller settings I'll be a little bit more relaxed a little bit more chill in like interpersonal settings but like fill the room in a PRSA meeting with 50 people and I'm at volume 11 so like I don't know but like moments like that like when I'm like feeling energized and there's lots of people and I can talk and like not be like in your head. Restricted to myself. Um, that is does wonders for me. Um, so that's something that I would do.
1: Echoing what Sabrina said about cleaning, that's, like, major <laughs> oh, for yeah. me. Like, walking into a clean room, which is, like, is so satisfying. So I'm sorry you don't get to feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's two other things that I do. So I'm an avid to-do list maker, and I time everything out. So, like, literally the time I'm going to wake up, the amount of time I'm going to spend in the shower, picking out the outfit, packing my lunch, eating my breakfast – and then travel time to class or work. And literally, like, every little increment, I you plan You are already up. set up for firm life. Fit your are oh, like yeah. 15 I'm minutes. Definitely Increments. fine. Yeah. Um, and it, <clears throat> it doesn't look healthy because, like, my planner is just, like, if you were to open up my planner, you would see, like, these, these crazy, <laughs> like, chicken scratch notes of, like, when I'm going to do stuff. But if I don't do that, I'm thinking, like, when am I going to write that COM 302 mm-hmm. paper? Do oh, I have yeah. time? And so, like, being able to see it visibly, I'm like, oh, I can literally crank this out in three days. I don't have to like wait until Saturday mm-hmm. when I think I have free time to handle it. And then I can go to like dinner with my parents and I can see it all on paper and that really helps me just visualizing it mm-hmm. and making it happen that way. And then the other thing is, take a fucking shower. Like, If you're feeling so anxious that you can't think, just go sit in the shower and just let the water cleanse you <laughs> and just like kind of refresh you and then pick it up and make it happen. A shower... Changes everything. Or
2: a bath. Oh yeah. yeah um, that. get some lavender essential oil. <laughs> put that in the bath, baby. Get some candles. Keep a couple, the
1: waterworks going yeah. and cry. Oh, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent cry. Like your roommates won't be able to hear you. Make sure. It's- yeah, I was gonna say like
2: make sure you have that Bluetooth speaker to, to muddle the 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 weeping. Juice.
0: So my anxiety is a little bit different because it comes from trauma. Mm-hmm. So um, I think one of my biggest problems is like the time of year. Mm -hmm. So I'll have Mm -hmm. a heightened anxiety around the time of year around this certain incident. And then something that I've done that will help me with that is kind of my environment and where I am and what I'm doing. So living alone has been like the best thing ever for me because I'm able to like think to myself, get my thoughts together and have my own agenda and my own plan and just kind of like do what I need to do in that moment to make sure that I'm okay. So, also, um, I have a cat, and I talk about him all the time. But he's, he's really an emotional support animal. Like, he is something that helps me get up in the morning and take care of him and just, like, have something to smile about during the day and think about. And it's, like, that was an exponential point of my growing period with my anxiety, for sure. And then I also have just, like, general anxiety about things in life. And a lot of times I notice that, If I am having like a heightened period of anxiety, then I start to overthink and I start to think about other aspects of my life. Whereas like if things are just going just great, then I'm not going to be like that. Mm -hmm. But when I am having those situations, I try to find somebody that I can talk to and latch on to and be like, hey, I need your advice. And can you just listen to me for five seconds? Yeah. 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 And at Grand Valley, that's been Adrienne. And she's been like, I mean... How do I wear this like you just kind of when I first came here you were like yeah I'm here for you and so Mm -hmm. I just kind of like let you take that
4: I think um, why I care about this issue so much is because when I was this age um, as an undergraduate this wasn't something you really this was the Mm -hmm. beginning of when you started to talk about that kind of thing and this was still sort of something you didn't want to admit right you felt like a failure for just saying like the words but when I was talking in a couple of my classes About this before I brought this to you guys just to see like how it would maybe go over and I said you know what do you feel like how do you feel when someone says the word depression or how what do you feel when someone says the word anxiety and there wasn't really negative stigma in that room right but if you were to take this and then put it in a room with you know people that are like I don't know what is Gen X like 37 to like 40 late 40s that's mixed because it just depends on maybe who your friend group is or something. But the higher that you go up that generational, sort of that age, the age groups, the less well received that is Mm -hmm. because it's not something that we didn't, this wasn't on television. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about it in your your families. Um, There wasn't a name for it. So Mm -hmm. I sort of, I feel like I remember distinctly the time where someone was like, you just seem really anxious. And I was like, wait, yes.
5: Mm all the time,
4: wait a minute, since the womb, I don't know. Like that's exactly it. And it never occurred to me that like, you know, and then you kind of like rewind in your head all the way back to like a moment where you felt like vulnerable or that you couldn't fix something. And you're like, that's exactly it because I didn't feel like I had control over that. Mm -hmm. I think part of that is personality. Part of that is chemistry. Part of that is societal. I mean, there's all sorts of things that like Mm -hmm. contribute to what's happening here. Yeah. But I think that we're I mean, I was looking at the number six point eight million people experience anxiety in the United States. Like this is like not a situation that's that's not it's not rare. Like we're Mm -hmm. not the special snowflakes we wanna be maybe. But um I think also it's something that we don't talk about in big groups or you might talk about it with your friends or maybe your parents are talking to you about it or whatever and um the other reason I started thinking about this a lot with, with regard to you is because I was having um, a conversation with one of my friends, and she's like, "I just don't get it," and I was like, "Okay, let me take you through my day. Here's the first thing that happened, and that I thought about, and then when I had to come down here, then I thought about these 25 things that could go wrong, and then I, and so like that's just getting here, like,
1: mm-hmm. and then like you were stuck in traffic for five minutes, right? You're like, "Oh, I'm gonna shit, be late," like, what or, what, you know, like, or what's, what's going on up happen- there?
4: Yeah. Like, there's all these things that kind of like. Where most people would be curious, like, oh, I wonder if there was a rack. Oh, I'm thinking, yeah. is it my friend in the rack? Is it uh, oh, one yeah. of my people? Or 100%. like, how long am I going to be late? Is she going to stay there and Do wait need for to me? to call? Right. Should, there's just all of these things that I think like, quote unquote, normal, um, people wouldn't address, but I am addressing, like constantly, continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we don't really honor those feelings as much as maybe we should because we feel weak or weird or whatever Not but the perfect,
3: m- we're all perfectionists, right. we're trying to the be longer, perfect the longer I was say the
4: longer <laughs> I've been sort of in public relations and advertising the more I come to realize that it's most people mm-hmm. and i think that's a huge part of um, it it's
2: like that it's most people mm-hmm. and i think a huge piece of like the 6.8 million how you help yourself all the stuff is just like being willing to like identify that mm-hmm. like that is a piece of it, right. like that that exists, and that as well. On the other side of the coin is that exists, and that's okay. Right. And I there's think, a
4: scale, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. not everyone is, um, you know, maybe anxious to the degree of maybe medical professional seeking right. or needs to be medicated or needs to, you know, be with a therapist more often than not or whatever. But I don't think that that's something to take lightly either. I mm-hmm. think that that's still a real concern, and yeah. by not acknowledging maybe someone who's like less anxious, we discredit more anxious. And like, you have to just be really careful with that. But I also want to say that I think that sometimes you guys get, not you, these people in front of me, but get confused with stress Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: and anxiety. And they're not interchangeable. And in fact, that's kind of insulting, honestly, because Mm -hmm. somebody that deals with that every single day, every decision of their life, And someone that has, like, five papers due and maybe they Mm -hmm. procrastinated, that's different. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I find that, like, having that interchangeable, um, like, using it as a synonym is Mm -hmm. super wrong. Yeah. And we need to, like, really address that in our friend group and our peer groups, too, is because, you know, stress is part of that. But it isn't the only thing, and it's certainly not a thing that you just can t- contain to one assignment that's due or three papers due on the same day or whatever. It's mm-hmm. literally happening all the time. It's, I mean, physical effects. I mean, if you've ever woken up with, like, a stiff back or mm-hmm. pain. I mean, it, it facilitates itself in so many ways that mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting. Now, when you flip that over, so, like, I have anxiety, um, but I'm not a dep- – I don't have depression. Right. And so I have a couple of friends, and I've seen this in students, too, that have the combo, which mm-hmm. I think is really, its that's an even, you know, different sort of animal to kind mm-hmm. of consider, mm-hmm. because some people, after a period of anxiety, le- get led into depression, and sometimes that never happens, and it just sort of all depends. So I think we just, you know, we've been talking a lot about, like, diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I feel like while not the most obvious of those sort of categories, because I think a lot of times we think of that as like race or yep. sexual orientation or whatever. Whatever but we can see. Yeah, I think experience and um, sort of mental health and physical health also really play into that. And you're at a critical time in your careers where whatever you're establishing right now is going to be carried into oh, your sure. a, you know, adult yeah. <laughs> life, real mm-hmm. life, that place we keep telling you about. But um and that sets you up for your next set of habits or your next family set of habits or you know it doesn't just go away because you graduate from college in fact it gets a little bit harder honestly and I know you guys are all keenly aware of that because you do more things than just school right Mm -hmm. so how do you I mean instead of looking at this like it's a hopeless situation it's never going away like how do we prepare ourselves better and how do you implement more coping skills or do you, you know, what else can you do to make that happen or what do you do?
0: Well, first of all, I think you need to recognize that it's okay to get help and it's mm-hmm. okay to go to totally. a therapist. It's, Absolutely. Not, it's you're not a bad person. No, you're I think we should weird. all get
4: them born. Therapist <laughs> is the first appointment. Vaccination is probably next. But then like somewhere <laughs> in there, you know, you get, a, you get one forever. They just yeah. come with you like a guardian angel or something.
0: And I've even done like groups. Therapy mm-hmm. as well, and it's it's interesting to hear from other people and like even if it's like in a specific sector of anxiety or PTSD from a certain yeah. experience or I mean there's so many different groups that you can get involved in even on campus and just like starting those conversations kind of is a is a great way yeah to yeah. Begin. To,
2: to share like a, a personal story like I just started like going to the university counseling center that's like a new experience for me um, something that like my support system really pushed me to like reach out to Mm -hmm. just because it's never been this bad Mm -hmm. that's like that's that's the thing that i was always telling them like it's i've been anxious before like middle school happened like things happen you know (laughs) that's a whole that's a whole other podcast (laughs) um but um just like i don't know i think like it's a newer experience for me i can't really express a lot of like this has been so helpful i can't i'm not yet there to like say that but You know, I think I've – I felt better. I feel better because I know that I'm doing the things that I can Mm -hmm. to help myself because, like, a huge piece is also, like, identifying it and then setting goals for yourself and then also, like, understanding what can you, like, feasibly – Yeah, achieve. What what can you do today? What can you do tomorrow? And, yeah, that's my –
1: I think it's really important to keep, like, the conversation going, too, and, like, not being afraid to bring it up in conversation. Um, All of my friends know that I struggle with anxiety. I'm not afraid to, like, express that in a job interview. Like, hey, I have anxiety, and, like, I think it's fair that you know that, but this is how I deal with it, and if it becomes an issue, like, with my job, I will let you know. Um, And just being really upfront and honest about it. And then those people are willing to have conversations with you and check in with you and make sure that you're doing okay and if there's anything they can do to help you when you have those conversations and just keep it out there in the open. Like we said, it's so common. A lot of people are realizing that they're dealing with it, that it's not weird to just have the conversation and be Mm -hmm.
3: open. Yeah. Yeah. I think further to um, like knowing, like setting up boundaries for yourself. So it's no shock right now that we're in an increased culture of anxiety with social media and with um, just I think our generation feels a lot of burden um, for like the environment and the planet in the next generation that a lot of people just didn't before us and so there's a lot of baseline things that I think contribute to like stress and then can accumulate into constant anxiety right so I think um, developing a system where uh, you delete some apps off your phone. Mm -hmm. You can check Facebook on your laptop, but you're not getting notified every time. Maybe you put your phone on do not disturb at night, and you set that up, and you're not going to get a phone call. You're not going to get a text. Mm -hmm. You'll see that they came, but you're not going to get the ring or the buzz. Um, I think also like like deciding I will go out on the weekend, I won't go out during the week, or I will worry about, um, y- you know, I ha- I'm with this friend group, so I'm gonna turn that, I- it's hard to turn things off, but I think like the tangible things of cell phone or computer or um, like that constant notification and buzz being able to kind of remove those apps or, or um, things that notify you all the time about the email you're missing or the the instagram post that was posted or the tweet that was tweeted um, and then also with that too i think technology can also help so maybe like downloading an app that that lets you breathe and, and meditate or reflect and like like take time for yourself in that way. And that's something that you can do into a job or into the future as well. Check out Headspace if you wanna do some meditation. They do free
1: meditation and breathing and they have a student discount too if you wanna get like the paid app. So that one's really helpful.
3: Yeah, the other thing I thought about was regarding technology and all of that I like to journal sometimes and so that way it's not again it's just like trying to limit my screen time of because you get distracted when even though you're trying to be intentional and like trying to work out these things that you're feeling if I'm writing it on a note on my phone if I'm writing it on a google doc on my computer I'm still getting all of those notifications and being distracted so if I can like fully commit to myself and like write it out some way, I feel like that is also super helpful in like trying to just move forward and move past whatever's like going on in the moment. So
4: how um, one of sort of my, what I've come to know about students and working with them over the past few years is a lot um, of this kind of leads back, I think you touched on a little bit, which was like from I don't know seventh grade or something you're encouraged to like find the career Mm -hmm. find the college Mm -hmm. score on the test and like all of these things are considered like a finite expression as opposed to sort of like the spectrum um and i get a lot of students in my um, office and in my classes that are like well i have this plan or i have this path and i you know if and i feel like i probably was the same exact way. I don't really remember that. That was a long time ago. But um, I feel like the first time I ever fully acknowledged that the path is total bullshit, yeah. that there is no other path. <laughs> there are many paths. Mm-hmm. They deviate. Things happen. You make a new path. You know, you build a yep. new bridge. You have to take a new, you know, a new trail or whatever. There's all these like, you know, metaphors for that. But how attached do you feel like you personally are to like uh, the plan? Mm-hmm. And when things come up, does that disrupt everything? Or have you built, you know, additional coping skills around like disappointment? Because I know that's a huge yeah. thing for, for this generation particularly.
0: I had a plan and
4: that yeah. plan did not work.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have gone to three universities now and I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so angry with myself. that my my school didn't work, I didn't go to the the same four-year institution, Mm -hmm. like, I got sidetracked, some of my credits didn't transfer, and I was just like, this sucks. And then I realized, like, I mean, now I have this really great education that I'm getting, and I have, like, all these opportunities that I would not have had if Mm -hmm. I would have stayed in that original place. But it was, at that time, it was like, wow, my plan is ruined, Mm -hmm. I am so disappointed in myself, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And it's just, I mean, you just have to learn.
2: It's just one of those, like, dumb cliches where you're like, everything happens for a reason.
5: (laughs) But it does, though. But
2: Sometimes. Sometimes everything happens for a reason. Not all the time. But, like, for me, I had, like, an idea of a plan as far as, like, college goes and post-high school life. I had, like, a tentative idea. Like, as a first-generation college student, the Mm -hmm. fact that I was even, like, making that step forward was already, like, Was already like, all right, you did it, like, nice job, Trevor. You You went, yeah, you you, you went to the uh, whatever, like the college fair. Like, my mom was like, wow, like, so I don't know. Um, But like, for me, I guess, how do you handle it when your plan doesn't work out? Like, I did have a plan. I Mm -hmm. formed one. Like, I was supposed to like go to a four year for like musical theater after high school, and then my dad lost his job, and like was like, LOL, Mm -hmm. like you have to go to community college. what an amazing thing that happened to me. Like, I couldn't... Oh, yeah. oh like, at, at the time, I was like, my life is over. Everything I've worked so hard for has mm-hmm. meant nothing. And, like, in a sense, some of the hard work I did put in did mean nothing. But what, I, what the meaning I made out of it is just, you know, it was a huge, like, all the auditions that I did did give me good experience mm-hmm. in a different way. It's just taking what you've learned and those pieces, the, like, I keep saying pieces, but, like, my word of the day um just like the like moments that you have if you're intending them to mean something specific from like the intention of like starting that like moment or experience i think you have to be open to like where that can take you right on every like piece of the path piece piece, <laughs> <All> <laughs>
5: piece of pie, so pieces so many pieces can i chime in on this Go for it. This question You're here really now. resonated with me because I feel like this...
4: First of all, introduce
5: yourself. I'm Christina. I am on Grand PR, and I'm a member of PRSSA, and I'm sitting on the sidelines listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but this is like the what feels like the root of my anxiety. I have this problem where for every little tiny thing that happens to me day by day or I plan to happen for me day by day. Like, oh, I'm going to go get lunch here today. Mm-hmm. If one thing sets it off, mm-hmm. I am like a ball of disappointment and like I can't, My it's like the world just shattered in front of me and it's so bad. It's just like with the smallest things. So for me, because I know that it's this bad with this small of things, I I can't, set expectations for myself for the big things like Mm -hmm. I have set 500 plans for myself in the future but like I'm getting to the point where it's like okay like what are you gonna do if this doesn't work out and having to like turn around and take like a 180 and say okay like let's not set this plan and that's like me working toward uh, getting rid of that expectational anxiety but I'm still in the middle of making
3: that work yeah Yeah. i think for me um building completely off of that i've started using the term like my penciled in plan Mm -hmm. because post-grad like i have no idea what i'm actually going to be doing but when i tell people my plan i say this is my penciled in plan it's not set in stone it's not the pen it's not a marker it's my penciled in plan so using that terminology for me i feel like relieves a lot of like the worry about what if this doesn't work out also i think christina was spot on with like maybe having another plan <laughs> not mm-hmm. having just one plan because ultimately like things happen and so what if i don't pass a class but i really want to graduate well sabrina you can still walk and if you don't pass this class you can take it in the summer and you know what maybe then that'll lead to an opportunity where you can intern and take a class and then in the fall you start a job you know so like having just this like little backup system and a way to work through um, not always plan a is going to work out or not always plan a 1-3 Dash B, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like having just like kind of a backup system and then voicing it in a way that in my mind doesn't keep solidifying it is this is my plan and this is concrete and this has to happen otherwise I'm doomed so for me the penciled in plan is the way that kind of Mm -hmm. is like relieves a lot of (sighs) things and you know
2: I definitely am not the best example of the queen PR planner or just planner in general like I'm so willing to admit that um, but I do think that, like, there's such a refreshing experience and moment with, like, going with the flow yeah. that can be so rejuvenating that I really appreciate because if you sometimes, like, I think overall planning things out is the best way to go. I do. I will absolutely say that. But there is so much, like, so much that you're, like, almost, like, denying yourself, like, of, of your day if you leave it open to opportunity mm-hmm. that, like, I feel like can be a huge you know, like anxiety reducer, stress reliever type of thing. Where if you car, even if you need to plan out your go with the flow time, I feel like yeah. it's like a, a huge <laughs> like you know it's me in the middle there. Like I feel like it it does wonders if you just kind of like it was, it's, we were, you were talking about Sabrina like social media and how much that is like when I um, I think smartphones play a huge piece in that is the fact that you have a screen in your pocket, you walk around with a screen. But, um, like for me, I don't listen to music when I walk and I don't like to like to class and stuff Mm -hmm. or, and like, I don't, I'm not on my phone nine times out of 10. Sometimes I check, I will admit, but like I try to treat every time I go out, like walking to from point A to point B, I like look outside and I like look for people. Like I saw Courtney the other day, um, I, like, I saw your twice that same day. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I try to, like, keep my eyes open and just, like, welcome the next, like, experience. Just because if I have too much expectations of exactly how it's supposed to be, then yeah it doesn't work out well for me
3: yeah i started the um walking without my phone yeah a couple years ago too i think right when i started grim pr and mm. yeah it was like a game changer for mm-hmm. sure just being able to like interact with people even if you don't know that i'm like giving a stranger a smile sometimes just like yeah makes you feel good um, also,
2: there's so many birds out there, man. Like <laughs> you don't, re- you don't, you don't realize it until and you're looking squirrels. up into the sky. Yeah, squirrels.
0: the campus squirrels are like the nicest. I
1: love. Them. <laughs> I want to pet squirrels them. Squirrels give all. me don't anxiety. Do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I, hate I hate them. They get too close, and I'm like, don't touch me.
4: So, um, something else that comes up a lot when I talk with students about this is how do I manage my family? Trying to manage me. (laughs) So I don't expect this to be like a throw your parents under the bus sesh. Um, but I will say that I think, um, this is the time and you guys are sort of at that time in your career where you do have to start managing your relationships up,
5: Mm -hmm. right?
4: So this is going to start with your parents, then it's going to be your boss and it's going to be your boss's boss. And so you have to manage those expectations up and you keyed in a little, little bit when you said something about like, um, uh, maybe an interview, or mm-hmm. maybe if someone were to ask you about a stressful time or whatever, where you would be honest and transparent, yet you would also, you know, come with the caveat. Which I always think is interesting: is that anxiety either um, depletes you and doesn't allow you're in a ball rolling in the fetal position, sucking your thumb, or it like pushes oh, it you to you. be almost like irrationally competitive. <laughs> I mean, it can go both ways. Either way, some days this way, some days that way. So how do you manage up then with knowing who you are and having this level of self-awareness so how does that fit into your life now
1: my parents have been really great like my mom will be like can you do dinner tonight and I, I can be straight with her and be like no um let me look at my schedule for next week and see if we can do something then because i do want to see you but i can't put this on hold to just because i need to like that's gonna ruin our relationship if i'm the whole time i'm having dinner with you i'm worrying about right, the project else. that i need to get done So my parents have been really great about just, like, accepting that and being like, okay, well, let's make it a point to make it happen, but if it doesn't happen that this week, that's okay, and just knowing that they're supportive of that. And then also my mom will check in and she'll be like, hey, how how was that project going that I told her about? And then just kind of, I can step away from it for a second, build that relationship, and then be able to move back in. If you can have that
0: open and honest conversation and have support, then go for it and Mm -hmm. do it. But I hate when older generations say don't bite the hand that feeds you because sometimes the hands that feed you like slap you in the face and they're like –
2: They force food down your mouth. Yeah, and you
0: just – you have to know that like you are allowed to disconnect. You're allowed to do what's best for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to step to the side and you're allowed to say, hey, this is what's best for me actually because I know myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And do what you need to do. It took a long time for
1: us to be able to get there too. So I'm not saying like expect that Mm -hmm. right away. It Mm -hmm. took us like a good three years for her to – step away let me
2: my experience (laughs) is so different to that because my if if there's any anxiety coming from my parents it's really me it's not them demanding things of me it's me worrying about them Mm. (laughs) since I'm not there it's very different like uh, there there are certain things like you know that like you guys are sharing like oh you know like my parents are asking me to dinner or like telling me to do this or whatever I don't hear anything from my parents unless they like something's wrong. So it's like, and I I don't think that like they're intentionally being like, you know, like we don't wanna talk to you. Yeah. I don't think that's what it is. That's just not who they are. Like, they're not, you know, using their phones and like calling and like texting and stuff like that. Like my parents don't even have like like working cell phones. So it's like a very different experience. But like I for me it's just kind of like my answer to like that is kind of like understanding that like my parents are my parents dude like i'm not the mom i'm not the dad like i can't you know i sure can fill out their portion of the fafsa but like that's <laughs> that's that's as m- much eric bryan as i'm gonna get um so yeah it's just kind of like understanding that like yes you know you love them and they did everything that they could and you could probably you could probably be doing more for them, but at some point you have to be like, what am I doing for myself? And you have to like lead yourself forward in that regard. But that's yeah, definitely a, the only anxiety I get from my parents is being like, oh shit, are they okay? <laughs> it's not like them being like, like do this, do that, blah blah. Because I've already like exceeded what they've asked of me, like three years ago so it's like yeah so, it's, just yeah, so they're they're just like Trevor's doing so well like yeah. blah blah blah
5: uh, yeah
3: it's funny because I, I think all of our, our situations their parents are really different yeah. um my parents are um also really hands off and they always always have been which I think allows me to grow but then I think that's where my like increased perfectionism increased like um, I have to do this right I have to get this done because like I don't have anyone else telling me like um no you don't or like what you're doing is great and like you're awesome and I do have people that tell me that but um yeah so I think for me it's um, letting them be who they are but then also like allowing their voice in my head that doesn't even that doesn't even like actually come from them to like be quieted so um instead of me thinking that my parents are going to be disappointed which because a uh, similar situation like i'm the only person in our family that's gone to college blah blah, blah like they are going to be ecstatic at whatever mm-hmm. i do and like d- with design wise grant pr wise um advertising public relation wise, like they don't they don't care they're happy with whatever i do mm-hmm. and so um I think for me, managing them means managing like their voice in my head, which comes from me. It doesn't come from them, but it's like this increased, just like trying to please everyone and all of that. So yeah, that is like me managing my parents is really like just me trying to silence like the...
2: The parents that you've like... Created. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get that,
0: Something that I've noticed just, like, thinking about this is that lately I've been texting my mom when, like, every little thing goes wrong,
2: Mm.
0: and I think – I don't know if I've always, like, done a version of that, but I am doing that currently, Mm -hmm. Um, but also my mom and I – our relationship has kind of, like, blossomed into this more, like, communication-based relationship, so I think it's also kind of a good thing, but maybe I need to step back a little bit and manage
4: myself a little more,
0: and it's not – it's not everything, but it's like no. Oh,
4: but crap. I know what you're talking about because it seems like um, I and I've talked about this with other people too. And I and I don't know. I think it's just because of availability, mm-hmm. mm. right? I mean, you first, you know, they're going to answer. You're immediately you immediately have feelings about something, and you need validation or advice or whatever. But I will say, be careful with that because at some point, you're going to have to make that initial calming of yourself by yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to also put that on her. Like, what if she didn't get to it for 10 minutes? Then she's going to, you know what I mean? It's just sort of a cascading effect. But I think along the lines of like, and I've seen you grow tremendously in the time that I've known you too. So this is validating that too. But Mm -hmm. you are capable of making the first move. Yeah. So don't invalidate your own skill set by reaching out to somebody else first
0: well like a few weeks ago I got a flat tire Mm -hmm. and before I even called roadside assistance (laughs) for my mom Mm -hmm. and I knew I could call roadside assistance but I was like mom I'm like less than a half mile away from my apartment can I drive it back to my parking lot you know can I do this but can I wait until tomorrow to call roadside assistance (laughs) and can I leave it here and I need to call Grand Valley PD Mm -hmm. so that they know that my car's parked in the art parking Mm -hmm. lot like all this stuff that I knew myself I just Mm -hmm. like wanted to
3: Blurred it all out. Mm-hmm. And, like, earn validation yeah. from, like, you know that those are good decisions, but, like, oh yeah, you, you want it. Like,
0: sounds because, like, even better yeah.
2: when mom also agrees. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And I
1: FaceTimed her, and then I FaceTimed my grandparents. <laughs> like, it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you also asked about, like, career-wise, and like I said earlier, I would mention it in an interview and not make out anxiety be a, to be a bad thing, right. just a person, like, part of your personality, and I don't ever want to work somewhere that doesn't mm-hmm. see that as a valid thing, so... If you're also interviewing the company when you're mm-hmm. being interviewed. So, if they give you a sour face when you bring that up, or if they say, Hey, we'll take you on, but like you really need to go do this, this, and this to take care of your anxiety, like I'm not going to accept that offer because I don't want to be put in that, yeah, like situation that's not going to help me grow as a person.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, also, I
1: think if
0: you're in an environment at work that it's not going well for you, or you're not learning, or you're not mm. getting what you need out of it, <laughs> you can you have the ability to step back and be like I'm done I can't do this it's not good for me Mm -hmm. and also I think that if they're not understanding of that then they're not a good fit for you anyway yeah
2: yeah I mean for me like I'm gay so like being me having like a hundred percent certainty that this organization is down and like is okay for that is like vital for me because I I'm like very like very like accepting of myself like we crossed that bridge like a while ago but like you know, I do get anxious sometimes. Like, do other people are they like feeling the same way? So, like during interviews, like I wouldn't say like I don't walk into the interview like, "Hi, I'm Trevor. I'm gay." But like, I will casually like if if, if the conversation is like leading towards like about myself and like about this and that, I will mention. I will be like, "Yeah, like oh yeah, by the way, I'm gay." Just because, because it's a it's a moment for me to watch them to, to kind oh, of yeah. mm-hmm. to like see what yeah. do do they like crinkle their nose mm-hmm. like. Like, do they shift uncomfortably, or do they just laugh and smile? Like, what? There's that's a huge piece for me, and I have I've luckily not experienced any um, like overly noticeable negative reactions. So so far so good. But like for me, like as far as like anxiety in the workplace, like it, being accepted for like who I am is very important to me. Mm-hmm. So I just have to like for me, it's like being brave and courageous, and like. Because I need the confirmation. Like, I need a little bit of a confirmation of, like, yeah, that's fine. So, just got to make that conversation happen in a tactful
3: manner. Yeah, I think all of this is brewing to, like, researching the companies that you're going to go sure. to. Having those one-on-one conversations where maybe you're at a coffee shop trying to network with a, a future coworker, or peer or someone. But... You know in those conversations asking about the culture of the workplace asking mm-hmm. how they feel when they talk about their day-to-day key in on like if they are constantly talking about how stressed they are mm-hmm. and how you know things affect them and um, yeah I think just being open in those conversations with um, you know like yourself and being able to talk about anxiety in that way but then also like pushing people a little bit to talk about it because if you don't bring it up maybe they just maybe they'll just let it be yeah um and that's really important because moving forward your coworkers and your workplace is going to be somewhere that you are the most and so really um analyzing like what does this look like and what does this look like for you i think will help yourself um moving forward
4: Mm -hmm. all right so i have two questions to wrap up they're short um first one for everybody is if you are giving advice to anyone that will be listening that feels like they maybe struggle with anxiety but don't know what to do what's the first step like what next for them so somebody that maybe hasn't even said the words out loud or validated yet their own feelings like what should that person do and two what can like a professor or somebody that you engage with regularly a mentor or whatever what can they do to help that person not you because we're we're through that first hurdle right but what what can they do for themselves for advocacy and what can we do to help um you know as faculty members or staff members with so many students that have this
1: i think for themselves i think realizing it I would start journaling um, and just write down, like, what's bothering you? What are you identifying as stressors? What are constant questions that are running through your head um, every day? And then identify, is it stress or is it anxiety? Um, Because, like we said earlier, they're two different things. Um, And then if you're starting to recognize, like, oh, this might not be completely normal, I think don't Google it. Um, I would go maybe see a therapist if you have that availability and be like, hey, I don't know what this is yet, but I am struggling with this. Can we talk it out? If you don't have availability to um, a therapist, I think just having a conversation with someone that you trust and talk about your feelings and see what that they have to say about it. Um, and then as far as a professor, if someone – comes up to you or one of your students comes up to you and says like this is what they're dealing with I think just be able to listen and be the ear you don't have always have to offer advice just let them talk it through and then validate that they're feeling those things and then make sure you express that your door is open for them to come back again like don't make them feel like oh my gosh I just poured my heart out to this professor that I have two times a week and that's all I know them for and now I literally can't show my face in class again and never come back in this room again just be be able to listen the first time and then the second time be able to talk it through with them
0: mm-hmm. yeah there is a um, crisis text line mm-hmm. it one seven four one, and you can text them when you're feeling anxious or whenever something is happening like in the past I've if I'm having an anxiety or panic attack I've texted because Mm -hmm. it's like the instant just conversation and help. And so, I mean, even if you're just like, I think I have anxiety, what do I do? That's a perfect place to start, Mm -hmm. especially because it's instantaneous. And then um, for professors, I think something you can do is just send them an email. If you're afraid of that first face-to-face conversation, send an email, say, hey, this is what's going on. What should I do? And they can offer, you know, just hey I'm here for you or come to my office hours or I have this resource for you blah 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 if you if you're uncomfortable like you said like you have them two times a week you don't want to bring this up really that's a great way for you to do that and then on the professor's side just be accepting Mm -hmm. really
3: yeah Yeah, I think first the first thing I thought of when you asked that question was, okay, first take a deep breath. <laughs> take a deep breath in, hold it, exhale, like take a deep breath first. And then um, for a professor, I think I would I would love to see this be something where in the last couple of years, I've had professors who um, on the first day of class um, say what pronouns they want to be um to use throughout the year and then that kind of opens the door for everyone else to feel like that's a safe place for that so taking that example and going maybe into this anxiety situation maybe on the first day of class maybe a couple times throughout the semester just being like gauging and and um and seeing how how the room is feeling i mean i feel like professors a lot of the time are really in tune with how students are and y- you can sense the tension everyone can sense the the creeping looming things going on and so maybe w- when you innately feel those things just like letting the lecture and two minutes early or starting the lecture lecture three minutes late to like to say once again, like, hey, I'm here for you guys, or um, if you need resources, if you're not comfortable for that, you know, like telling your students these are resources for this just like you would if there was a pure SSA meeting or if there was an ad club I meeting. I just totally had a 220 flashback
4: about the circle
3: talk. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, oh <laughs> my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my
4: gosh.
2: Um, okay, so my quick answer, <laughs> that was hilarious, though. That was really funny. Um, uh, (laughs) my quick, my quick answer is, um, if you're starting to realize that maybe that this is an issue, um, like I would say like pick up the phone, 1-800-FIND-YOUR-ROCK and like being like, (laughs) call, call that person who's like your person. Um, whether that's your mom, whether that's your friend from home, whether that's like your, uh, like old manager, who knows? (laughs) Like, I feel like and I also think it's a huge portion is you can also have many rocks too. I think that's really important uh, as well. But talk to that person who's there for you, make them aware of what you're what's on your mind and maybe have a little discussion there. Try to work out those nitty-gritty details as comfortably as you can. And then the second part, like what can a professor or mentor do to kind of, you know, be as helpful as they can without like overstepping the bounds. I feel like letting these like mentees or you know students whatever let them know like intentionally and specifically like if you make them aware that like hey like i'm your mentor or like not not exactly like that but like i can be that for you this is what i'm here to do like this is i'm when i say like come and talk to me because you if you need to and all this stuff like that's not just because like i'm trying to be a good person like, that's because I'm trying to help you be, like, the I feel like if you really, like, paint that case and you're, like, very, like, clear about what your intentions are by offering that help, I think that will make it a little bit, like, more easier just to kind of, for the student mentee to initiate that conversation. Because if they're, like, oh, like, they say um, that they want to help me, like, why would I do that? Like, wh- what's in it for them, I guess? Maybe if you quell that first, but there you go.
5: I totally agree with things that Sabrina and Trevor both said um with Sabrina you said how professors can feel like the room like they understand how it feels to be that student they can they can tell how we're feeling um when this happened to me I went to Adrian because I knew that she would be the person to understand my situation better than my mom because Adrian was living it with me as my professor and what helped there was that she was very open and welcoming of me coming to her and on top of that she didn't ask any questions she let me ask all of the questions let me initiate everywhere every which way the conversation was gonna go and just offered advice for that small question I
3: asked but didn't push didn't cry didn't yeah. dig mm-hmm. in there yeah mm-hmm.
2: there's a difference between listening and digging yeah, yeah. for sure
3: Yeah I think it's like so scary to take that first step as a student and so like last year when I reached a breaking point of all of the things all of you know the stresses and just like everything um, school was like really hard to keep doing well and so I needed to email all of my professors and I cc'd the advisors on my organizations and Um, you know I was like okay this is what's happening this is everything I have going on this is why I can't show up to class this day or this is you know whatever this is why I haven't been turning in this assignment or that assignment and um, being honest because I think a lot of times we strive to, to get the things done that we need to do but sometimes you just can't or things get in the way or whatever and so you know Having every single professor and every single person that I needed to email in that email um, respond back with like, I am here for you. I like this is my job to make you succeed, and that doesn't mean just getting an A. Like that means, I you know like I'm here for you for your mental health, for your physical health. Like I you know like professors don't want to see us hungry and stressed and spaz. Like everyone you know, wants each other to succeed. So one, knowing that probably your professors are still in that mindset, if you're a student reaching out to that email, but then two, as a professor being blatantly obvious and clear that, you know, those are your intentions, I think relieves so much, so much pressure on the student because, you know, they're feeding into, like, all of these thoughts of trying to get an A and mm-hmm. on top of everything else thinking that, you know, maybe your professor isn't gonna be understanding, but at the end of the day, usually they are so being obvious on both ends with student and professor what's going on
4: so i just wanted to thank you guys for being vulnerable not to get all Brene brown on everybody but that's kind of her thing Um, and i do want to just make one note too that if you are feeling like you need some help to not hesitate to reach out to literally anybody Um, i feel like grand valley is a pretty friendly accepting and open space um you can contact any of us
5: mm-hmm. yeah. 100%. Um,
4: yeah. if you need some help but um, definitely can you repeat the phone number courtney that you said you could text to seven four one
2: seven four one
4: yeah i had it
0: pulled up on my phone for like 30 minutes i was like waiting for the time <laughs> to <go> to <laughs> so i didn't want yeah. to forget it but yeah seven four one seven four one and you text it and you can just be like hello and then they will they will get you an individual that will and sometimes they'll take 10 minutes or so but then you'll have somebody and they'll say can you Tell me what your problem is, and then you can talk about
4: it. Yeah, Yeah, so just don't hesitate to reach out, and um, thanks for talking about this with me.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
4: Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at GV underscore PRSSA. And check out the show notes for this episode on GVPRSSA.com.